There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com. It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hey, everyone. It's Amy Castles. Happy Thursday. We have two very special guests today. We have Mr. Bill Schill and Billy Schill. All right. So we've got uh, the senior and we got the junior here. The OG in the house. First off, I have to say your son said that you were like, if Paul Bunyan was a agriculturist that would be that would be you so mr bill has been you're a professional aggie and you've been in agriculture and horticulture for 50 plus years and you retired as what was your position with harris county precinct for trade supervisor with the harris county parks department Harris County Parks nice. and Rec yeah. Department. Yes. Okay, that's, that's a big right. job. And you've owned your own landscaping business and your nursery, and now you are elder at your church. And from what I understand, you have a flourishing garden at home. Yeah, that's that's what I do for fun. Awesome. And then <laughs> we have garden. Billy. You were called into ministry at a young age, and you have been in leadership roles since you were teens, and you're super old now. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you went to Bible school in yeah. your 20s, and then now you've been in ministry vocational ministry okay and then also local church planning that's a huge job and you're the pioneer of the fun projects right. go, that go on at church projects <laughs> so right. like the whole turkey bowl thing i'm part of it yeah. that was someone else's that's kind cool of creative deal. genius okay. but you know i'm kind of more leaning into city missions and the things that we do outside to serve mm-hmm. but then also like 
developing more house churches out in Tumble. Okay. And you had said you lead, develop, you equip, you coach, you counsel, and you encourage God's people at Church Project. Wow. Yeah, I do that through, I I just think that's, you know, what God's wired me to do naturally and then gifted me supernaturally by a spirit to to do that with folks who, at the end of the day, it's really, I'm trying to follow Jesus and I'm trying to help other people do the same. So, yep. That's what I'm trying to do. That's awesome. Well, both times that I've heard you speak, okay, I might be incriminating myself for the times that you <laughs> Sunday, did teach Sunday, Sunday and I wasn't me, there. Man, that was powerful. Yes. I'm not sure how often. You're one of the lead pastors at the church, uh, one right? Of the, yeah, one of the lead team pastors. And then we teach periodically. We, You know, Jason's a primary teaching pastor, but, mm-hmm. you know, brings us up and develops our teaching gifts. And so we're able to teach when there's opportunities throughout the year. So, yeah. Well, both times that you have spoken, I have just felt this call to talk to you more Mm. and to understand more about your message. But both times that I've heard you, you've talked about gardening. So I wanted to bring your dad on here because because he's the Paul Bunyan of gardening. So this question is for Billy. You started your sermon on uh, Sunday about human flourishing and how we can flourish as humans through Christ. And you talked about using your God-given gifts to bless others and to not turn them inward. Can you speak a little bit more on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of human flourishing was God's plan from the beginning when he had this idea, I'm going to create a world and I'm going to create my image bearers in this world to represent me and to demonstrate who I am and the culture of heaven bringing that into this world. It was built on what's the best plan for human flourishing. So the creator, just like an engineer, when they have a product in mind or they have something that they're thinking of, from the very beginning, they design that to meet that end. And that's what God did with creation is like, hey, how does humans that I'm creating flourish for the sake of my glory and my image being, you know, spread across the world? And then how does they enjoy that together in the earth? And so, you know, early on, we see God's design where he creates Adam or man. And then he says, man, it's not good you're alone. And every man said, yes, we agree with that, right? And he takes, he puts, gives him a nap, which was probably a Sunday afternoon nap that he gave him, like we like to enjoy, right? Takes this part of his side out and fashions what was woman, created out of man, is this amazing, beautiful gift. Actually, in the Hebrew language, it is someone who's to become a partner with the man and to take dominion over the earth and cultivate and create what God intended. So we're partnering with God from the beginning for the sake of human flourishing. And so when we turn it in on ourselves, I think was what I was getting at in that point was when we turn it in on ourselves, we start to see sin and we start to say, I think I know what's better for me and for what I want to accomplish versus what God created from the beginning. And so when we do that, we the world we see got fractured early on. And we've continued to see the repercussions of turning in on ourselves and saying, I'm basically going to control what I think is best. And I don't know, I've only lived 44 years. So to compare my knowledge and experience with the creator who designed everything, that seems kind of prideful. <laughs> yeah, but you you explain it very well. And I okay. thought you were 45, by the way. <laughs> Next month. Next, Next month. month. Yeah, yeah. August? August, yeah. Okay, August. I'm September. I'll be 46. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about old here. Yeah, we're, yeah. Getting old. we're getting old. That's your dad, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you brought up gardening mm-hmm. and you brought up your dad's garden. Yeah, yeah. How did you tie that in with human flourishing mm-hmm. and using our gifts? 
Well, I think the text that we were speaking on in the Pacific Sermon helped me to tie that in because Jeremiah talks about being exiles. And so as followers of Jesus, we're living in this world as exiles. This isn't our home. We're grateful even to be in a nation like America, where we have been granted tremendous freedoms to worship and to share that love of God with others. We've been given that. But the point was, we're just exiles here. This still isn't our eternal home. America's not what we're living for. Another nation's not what we're living for. We're living for the kingdom of God. And we're trying to express that. that. And so I was using Jeremiah as he wrote to those exiles who had been deported from Judah and taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. I was using that as an example for us and as a paradigm for how we should live as Christians today. It's like, this isn't your home, right? but this is where I've this placed is where you. We have. So settle. Marry. Marry. Build homes. Duplicate. Plant gardens. And enjoy. And that and was spread, spread my word. Exactly. Isn't that funny? Out of all of that, I mean, I, I, I heard what you were saying. I'm she not going to lie, part. but I did hear gardening. <laughs> but that's also where I have a passion. Sure. Even though I'm like terrible. I mean, I planted a ton of squash. They grew so big, the whole thing. I didn't get a single squash. It, there was garden. Squash everywhere, the, the, like leaves just vining out. And I'm like, We're a oh. work in progress. I'm like, yes. Jesus, like, just blessing this is the abundance. Great, yeah. And then there was nothing. I was like, what's Maybe happening here? Maybe the deer here? ate them. I no. know that experience. Maybe you do. Okay. Yeah, we've been trying it. Like, I, I think I talked a little bit about we've had to stop, start over, uh-huh. move things over here. I mean, he's planting stuff, like, in this amazing soil that he's cultivated, which is another lesson, you know, of 20-something years. Over time. Yeah. Yeah. Over which time. is another it lesson. It doesn't just happen. You know. But like us, we just tried to export some soil and put it in a different place above ground. And it, I mean, it worked We're to some degree. Yeah, it's yeah. harder. <laughs> yeah, we microwave. want it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think gardening in the sense, back to that thing, is like this idea of taking the gifts that God's given us. Mm-hmm. These were craftsmen. These were metal workers. They had all been deported. And God's like, hey, just pick up with what I've gifted you to do where you are and do what I've called you to do. So for the sake of human flourishing around you, for the sake of those in that community around you, like be a benefit to the community where I've placed you. That's a calling that we all have today yeah. in gardening and building homes and being putting solar panels on homes. All that stuff is the, for the benefit of others. And God uses it to bless us, of course, in the process. And we get to contribute and partner with God in cultivating in the earth, you know. When you see it that way and you hear it that way, sometimes it is hard to receive the blessings for yourself. Right. Because you want to give back of what you're getting, but sometimes you got to be okay to receive it as well. That's right. So I know there's a much bigger message beyond just the garden. So Bill, you have been given a gift of gardening. And I know with the type of man that you are, full of integrity and honesty and character, you have, I'm sure, blessed others. But how has it blessed your life and others around you with your ability to grow? Yeah, I'd say he's blessed me with a a gift. But, you know, it's taken years and years. I've been doing this really all my life. I grew up at home in a garden, and then I've been gardening myself 50 years, I guess, well. 49 years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We've been married 49 years. So, yeah. so I've been learning a lot, and I, I moved to organic gardening probably 40-something years ago, and that was a... Before it was Before even, it was called organic. Yeah, it was Organic Gardening Magazine back in the day. You were it, the OG. Rodale, yeah. Rodale Press put out Organic Gardening, right. and it was a great magazine. 
I learned a lot from it. Yeah. And I learned a lot just from trial and error, which is what you do in gardening, really. You know, and every year it's different. Some things, they don't do great every year. Something to do great, some <laughs> And what made you know 40 years ago that these chemicals you were putting on your food was yeah, were not it just, good? It just wasn't working that well either, you know, and it <laughs> wasn't improving over time, which I felt you should. And with organic, you do improve over time because you build the soil and the soil feeds the plants. I don't put out any bag fertilizer or anything like that. It's all organic. Isn't there almost a scriptural? Compost. compost yeah. Lots of compost. There's almost a, a biblical message to that too with just wanting to take the easy way out yeah. and using out something that something. is is harmful synthetic and synthetic that gives you a temporary result but then you yeah. cause more of but a you kill yes. microbes and all your organisms that make the soil alive kind of yeah. how the sins work yeah. in our life too we sometimes mm-hmm. will take yes. those moments that are for the immediate pleasure but they cause so cause much so issue problems. after yeah. the fact yes and just for sometimes even generations. That's right. So do you have some tips about what somebody could do to start their own garden at their house? It's the soil. You just got to build the soil. I use compost. I make compost. I have... He likes to play in the dirt, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got huge... Oh, he's got... You're probably never sick either. Of <laughs> hundreds of yards of compost. So when there's a, a compost or a fertilizer shortage, yes. nobody's getting Mr. Bill down. No <laughs> way. I've got plenty for my, my use. <laughs> okay. For any others. Yes. So it's all about the soil. So, yes. Which is another whole biblical lesson Foundation. in the soil. Yeah. Foundation. I mean, but, Foundation. Yeah. But it's all about your soil. And then where you... Place your garden. So if somebody lives in an apartment, even or a small townhouse, there's still something that they can do yeah, that they can, can always that they can grow something in a container. It's it's harder to me. I've done some containers. Well, I used to have a container nursery. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can grow things in containers. You just it's a lot more effort, in my opinion. <laughs> do you have raised beds or yours in the ground? No, it's all on the ground. Okay. How many acres are you gardening? One third of an acre. Oh wow. Yep. How do you keep the animals and the insects? A high the... fence on the animals. Okay. Do you have like CDs hanging from a, the a what the little the little CDs? You know how <laughs> people reflect. Yeah, that reflect? <laughs> yeah. I just plant anything. a lot. <laughs> try to hope that there's enough left. You know. <laughs> so when you're out there and you're gardening, and then you get to pick your harvest, how do you feel whenever you pick your harvest? I mean, what is it that? It just makes me feel good because I just, I guess I'm a little weird, but I just love it. <laughs> it's like birthing something. I mean, it, it you, is. You, I mean, you, you literally started from yeah. scratch and Start then made it. a little tiny seed. And now and you grow. get to pick it and then yeah. eat it and it flourishes you and it can flourish others. So right. it's, yeah. it's very rewarding in that I, sense. I share way more than I eat because it's just my wife and I, well, I share with my kids, which I have four of, <laughs> and the grandkids, so what they can eat. But I can tell you that if I go to somebody's house and they make a salad and it has fresh vegetables from the garden, oh, and they heaven. tell you, like, okay, this is this cucumber which was just picked, this lettuce, I mean, it yes. is the best salad you've ever had in your world. Right. I mean, you hadn't even taken yes. a bite, and you already know it's the best. <laughs> there is a, there's That's just true. a big difference way of growing it yourself. But I feel like, to me... It is so fascinating that God gave us these gifts on earth, 
I've always been into natural healing. So, you know, using things like herbs, teas, essential oils, there's so many flowers even. There's so many different substances on these earth on this earth that God gave us for healing and that goes for mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical. Yeah, that's right. And so with growing a garden, when you grow a bell pepper, I don't think people realize this, but every single one of those seeds inside are another plant, right? Yeah, there's Lots of seeds in a bell pepper. Yeah. Do you save all your seeds? I'd save some seeds. Some of these are hybrids, and I don't really save from them. They don't come true. But like the okra, I save my seed, and I do save some seeds. And this is all from, yeah. obviously, from your garden. So if you're, from- if you're watching on the YouTube, we have a box right here that's full of beautiful colors. And I think the colors also have a huge representation too. Colors, like God has always loved color yeah. and color variety in our diet. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And everybody has their different interests, right? I look at some of these vegetables and I look at the things that they have in them and then the vitamins and the nutrients that they yeah. contain. Antioxidants. And then and how those particular vitamins will, so for example, carrots, if you cut a carrot and cut it in half and then look at it, it looks like an eye. Well, carrots contain beta carotene and vitamin A, the, uh, great right. for the eyes. Or <laughs> grapefruit, if you cut a grapefruit and open it up, it looks like the mammary glands of female breasts. And wow. grapes grapes are That's excellent good. <laughs> for breast tissue and things wow. like that. That's so, and, and fat even, but the, the grapeseed extract. This may be going to a theological question. Like you think God's creativity was like, so wildly mimicking the human body and like no even doubt. things in the earth that he was, it's just cool, right? It is. To yeah, think really that God cool. can take all that to help us human beings kind of learn from even the design, you know? Well, and, and from metaphorically for me, when we had the garden out in April Sound, I wanted to get out and go to the garden every morning. Once it was clean and the foundation was, I wanted to make sure there were no weeds. I wanted to pull them all. Yeah. Yeah. And that rhythm and that system I got into, I was doing my devotion in the morning. Life was good. I was praying. I was taking care of the garden. I was putting in life. I was putting in time. And then when things started to speed up, weeds started to come up. Things started to get overgrown. And it's like life just changed. So there is a metaphor to the garden that if you take care of it, you're obviously taking care of your life yeah. in general. Yeah, it's a full time. It's a... And like it, you it's said, work. it's a daily. It's work. It's a lot, it is a daily. A lot of work. And we, we forget about the small things. If you don't like it, things. you'll give up. Yeah. I mean, you will, especially when it gets hot. <laughs> like, it, and it, like Trey said, it kind of relates to our faith. Right. Our faith yeah, has to be right. constantly rebuilt. Yep. And we have to keep nourishing it. It's a daily Because it's walk, easy yeah. to lose faith. And right. it's easy for your garden to get overgrown with yes. weeds. So weeds if you're losing, fast. If you're losing <laughs> uh, your faith and your hope and your relationship with your with God, then you are also, that's a good time for sin to start creeping in. And the next thing you know, you got a huge garden full of weeds. Full of you know, weeds. It's kind of the yep. same thing. Yeah, that's why Paul would use language like to help us that would be like military language. Fight the good fight of faith mm-hmm. because it's a fight, right? We know our flesh, our flesh, our spirit's willing, our flesh is weak. And so it's a fight daily to say, I'm going to pull the weeds out of my life spiritually mm-hmm. by being in word, being in prayer, being in biblical community and have, letting myself rub up against some other people who aren't, who yes. aren't like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that they could tell me, hey, man, that's important. You may need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know. That's difficult for me sometimes. You know, when we were walking out of church, 
I was like, just like, man, that was great. I felt good. And then she was like, let's go talk to Bill. And I'm like, <gasps> and I just like, froze up. And I was like, I don't want to. He, it was so funny. He looked at me. I, he was so relaxed. He's like, man, that was really great. <laughs> I said, let's go meet him. He goes, what? Like that? Because he got nervous, but I'm just a she's talkative that, person. She's that personality that just kind of drags me through and just opens up that opportunity to, to sure. be right here. I mean, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have said Office hi to you. I wouldn't have met you. And, and once I overcome that fear of whatever anxiety or whatever's happening inside of me, it's like, boom, it's instantly released. And there's this peace and this joy and this, this beauty that comes from it because it is. It's relationships. Yeah. It's sitting next to somebody that you may not necessarily sit next to because you opened yourself up. Basically, what he's trying to say is I'm always right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what yeah. I heard, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's what right. I heard. What did you say to me last week? If you would just follow me. I'm like, and you okay. said it like angrily. I said, okay, look, like 70% of the time, if you would just like follow some of my ideas, you're going to win. But he only follows me about 30%. And then he's usually like, oh, that was good. I mean, I come up with some stupid ideas. I well, mean, you know. I, there are some really, really bad things that I come up with. But usually if I'm dragging into something or, oh, we're going to go out to lunch with this couple or this, that, and he's like, oh, to and then after he's like those people are great we should go on vacation with them let's do like you know all that's kinds what of I stuff. tell people that, that about I mean community time. spirit yeah. like it's that way I mean I will tell the story was a lot of times I get paid to go do this stuff right yeah. and I don't want to go do it yep. and so I understand but God is so kind he doesn't hold back like my level of like angst or my lack of enthusiasm he's still like extends grace when I show up and then I leave and I go, man, that was good. I, I needed that. And God <laughs> was so kind to not hold my bad attitude against me, but yeah. he continued to give me the grace that I need yeah. it. And I, he knows what I need more than I need. So I need to yeah, yield exactly. to God's way. I need to yeah. give in, tell my flesh to submit, you know, all the things that we know, but sometimes it's easier to just lay on that couch. But it's also getting <laughs> getting to know you and others that are stronger in their faith to understand those techniques and those processes. Right. I mean, it's step, not a system, but it's it's definitely a walk that you have to a discipline that you have to learn. That's exactly you said the word right there, discipline. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the next thing I was going to say. You had said this at church. You said no one ever grew in their holiness and closeness when isolated, and we have been more isolated in these past couple of years. It doesn't matter how you felt about the way that things are happening in the world. Chances are you probably felt isolated, either whether it was physically isolated or because you felt emotionally isolated, maybe if your opinions or whatever differentiated from your families and your friends, or maybe you were isolated because you were at home and maybe you didn't go to church during that time. People have been really feeling almost like the trauma from the past couple of years. So what can you say about, uh, well, about the first part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the holiness and closeness Go. and isolated. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that all just, you know, comes out of God being a triune God. He's been eternally dwelling in community. Mm -hmm. And so he created us to have fellowship with him and with others, just because we're created in his image, in the Imago Dei, after the image of God, where his image bears, his thumbprint has been put on us. And so we have that in us innately. He didn't want us to just go and be alone. If we could be in a relationship with God on ourselves, isolated, Jesus would not have had to come right. and enter into this place to make a way and build a relationship mm -hmm. with human beings. And so he hardwired it into us and 
just like everything else that God designed for human flourishing, human beings want to naturally rebel against it just in our flesh, you know? And so we have to discipline ourselves to be in community. And we've seen the rise, unfortunately, of anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation and all of the things that have come out of people being locked up in a way and just having to be inside their homes and being, you know, honestly, just isolated from human interaction. Yeah. We need it. We Absolutely. need that. And then as people of faith, we cannot live without it. That's what the body of Christ is about, is coming together so that we can, Paul said, spur one another on to love and good deeds, right? Build one another up. All of these 59 one another commands that have been given in the New Testament for Christians. We can't carry those out on our just hanging out by ourselves. We have to be in community to be able to carry those one another commands. (laughs) These are commands of how to live the Christian life. So the isolation is Satan's biggest, biggest tactic. Isolate, distract, you know, get over here, away from the flock. Throw a little mix of fear in there. Fear. You've got all that doubt, anxiety. Yeah, you got a, a good little recipe there. And honestly, I mean, deception, which is Satan's. I mean, he just repeats these tactics. He has nothing new, but he just continues to repeat these things with different little innovative ways. And that's why we need community yeah. to help see that we have, we all have blind spots. So the isolation is super dangerous. It's destructive for our soul. It's destructive for us physically. It's destructive for us spiritually. It's destructive for us emotionally. It's all of these things as whole beings. We have to be in community. And as people of faith, biblical community is what God's commanded us to be a part of. And at Church Project, Church Project has been incredible for building house churches Mm -hmm. and planting house churches. Can you, you and you're a house church pastor Mm -hmm. and then your wife is the host. Right. (laughs) That's the way, yeah, we do it together, but she does all the hosting kind of stuff because she loves it. But house church really, I mean, it's just looking in scripture, Acts chapter two, what was the early church doing? The early church was- From house to house. Yeah, yeah. Gathering. On set, they would gather and- large groups to learn in the temple courts and hear the scriptures explained and taught. And then they would gather from house to house. And the Lord was adding to their number daily, the scripture talks about. I talked about this on in the sermon, this alternative community is being formed, a community of hope, faith, and love. And so house church is where these relationships are cultivated where your faith is actually deepened and expanded and challenged. And then you're also going to grow in mission together. So it's those three things where like a church has, you're not a church if you don't have a mission. And Jesus gave us a mission because people will say, oh, I, I watch church on TV and that's my church. Well, you're not in the mission with anyone. So that's not your church until you get involved in the mission with Jesus. Yeah of making disciples and reaching the lost and serving your community. That's what defines the church is having a mission, being in community, receiving the elements, you know, the scriptures, all the things that will make it Those biblical. That's a yeah, trinity. The, yeah, the biblical, right? The biblical <laughs> yeah. church. So all that to say, we plant house churches, we raise up house church pastors, we develop and then we multiply for the good of our city. And we have close to 60-something house churches scattered all over the community from Conroe to Spring to Tomball to Woodlands, you know, and some over actually in Cyprus. I mean, so it's, you know, God doing his work, all committed to the same leadership 
and elder oversight with layers of pastoral distributed decentralized leadership. So all that to say, House Church, we think, you know, if, if there's a pandemic, House Church was built for that. Yeah. You know, if there's a persecution, House Church was built for that. Our church never shut down during the pandemic mm-hmm. because we just met in houses. And we actually grew and multiplied more house churches be- because people were wanting to get together. They couldn't go to their Sunday gathering, but they knew their neighbors had a house church and they could go in house church. And so we get together and just dive into scripture, fellowship, eat some good food, pray, and then care for one another. Sounds very simple. Sounds amazing. It is simple. Jesus' plan. That's a biblical, simple, simple and relevant. relevant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, and you mentioned that. food. Which <laughs> food is always, there you go. always back to food. And, and you're going to get some of seniors gardening. <laughs> so I'll let you speak on this. Billy said in church that prayer is the primary blank of this world. <laughs> what was the blank? You're probably just flowing with it. I know. It, it's prayer is the primary way that we participate with God in the world. Okay. I think so it's probably. Let's let your dad speak on that. So what can you say about prayer? How can you motivate someone who says, man, I maybe sometimes pray, but not always. Like, what can you say about that? This is the OG prayer warrior right okay. here. Hey, you, got, you got to commune. Yep. If you know, like if you never communed with each other back and forth, what would there be? What kind of relationship would you have? I mean, y'all would grow apart. You wouldn't grow together. I'm pretty sure if you know. Oh, so you're talking about as like wife, husband, wife. Yeah, friend. Like you're not talking to your yeah. to, yeah, your, if you're to not, your friend or your spouse. Yeah. You're if, not going to have not a relationship. If you're not communing and having a relationship, it's the same with God. If mm-hmm. you don't, you know, if He never hears from you except when you're in big trouble or <laughs> God help me, you know, I'm I'm in trouble. But hey, just, hold, hold, please. I'm going to need to put you on line ten because I'm working over here at line yeah. one and two. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. I'll get back to you and put them on hold and never get back. Yeah, it takes a daily. And what's your prayer? What's your prayer look like? How many like how many times a day are you praying? Are you well? We are you just all day? My wife and I pray early in the morning to start the day, and then of course you're in an attitude of prayer. I mean, when I'm out in the garden or in the woods, which I like to hunt a lot too, and that's a good time to be because it's quiet. You can just commune with. God and nature, it's just... For me, the word prayer is like, I got to sit down on my knees and do that. But, no, but there's but other... <laughs> what I enjoy doing for myself is is I'm, I'm constantly just in talking in my head. Right. As that's if he's, he's I, next to me or he's with me. Too. I mean, is, yeah. that, is that a fair to me, that's, prayer? Yes, to me, it, it, that's okay. the way I see it. Communication, however you're doing it. However you do it. Silently, yeah. out loud, but you're speaking. Yes. Okay. That's true. That's the way I feel. We had Mike Rouse last week. And he said that he's an ultra marathon runner. He's actually ran 140,000 miles in his time of the last 30 years, which actually equals like 13 miles a day, every day for the past 30 years. He's 70 years old too, by the way. But he said that during his time of running, that is his time of praying. And he doesn't listen to music. He doesn't do any of that. He's not on the, I mean, he might make a phone call if he needs to, but otherwise he's praying he's or in he's in silence. Commun- yeah. Wow. He's just or listening. He's yeah, listening, he's listening yeah. or Prayer he's praying. Prayer can be listening too, I think. I agree okay. with that. It's a two way. So would you say that listening is maybe a meditation time too? Yes, of kind course. Kind of the same? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I liked hearing him say that because it just, you can, prayer can be in anything and everything. And like Trey said, it doesn't have to be 
Doesn't have to be out loud. And, That's yeah. the only time. I mean, I think there's benefit to that. Yes. And also Jason talks too a lot about just getting in your closet and having a quiet place. Which is so true. So keep your cl- your closet clean, so you can have a good. We used to have a our the little war room. We used to have our war room in our closet at the old house. Okay, so as a house church pastor, how have you seen that it's changed some people's lives that have come in that are very new to a church and have never had community before? I mean, it's it's such an easy on ramp because the idea to me is you belong before you believe. You have a community before you've even crossed over the line of faith and you even know what Jesus is all about. And this creates the open door through hospitality, which is we all love to eat. We all love to hang out. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. And it's it's just an easy way to just come in. A lot of these people aren't going to drive to a mega building with thousands of people because that seems weird and can be overwhelming. I can speak the opposite, though. I could, uh, you know, somewhat as an introvert, but having to be an extrovert in my field, it's almost more intimidating to go to a smaller group. That is. So, you know, belong before you believe, yes, but for someone with maybe some anxiety or fear or doubt in that you do belong or what are you going to talk about? What are we going to do? What is this going to be? You know, it's almost opening your own door is the hardest door to open. That's really good because we've experienced both sides of it. So we invited our neighbors. We had a small core of people that actually, you know, call themselves church project people. And then we just talked to our neighbors, you know, down the street who we already had an existing relationship with and said, hey, we're doing a house church, starting to meet at our house. We're going to eat. We're going to talk through the Bible. We're going to spend some time praying. And we'd love for you all to check it out. And they just started coming. Well, what to your point, God uses that, you know, when they take that first step of faith and trust to like open up this opportunity for community. And they, I think they benefit from God's design in that they benefit from, Hey, wow. They leave and their soul is just, you know, encouraged. Mm -hmm. And they're like, man, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And and Christians get a bad rap, you know, because we, we can be weird in certain things. And a lot of the things that people hear, if they just, you know, are outside the Christian church is just like obviously spun in a negative way. Right. And out of Bible thumping. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's like, you know, we're just trying to follow Jesus and become people of love, you know, is the essence of what Christianity is about. And so that can hurt us. So we have to disarm people by allowing them to see we're normal people. Yeah. <laughs> we're not the crazies, you know, yeah. but we, we <laughs> maybe a little maybe, crazy. but we all have a crazy uncle. But everybody's uh, crazy to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend uh, say that the Bible is basic instruction before leaving Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, love I love that. Yeah, and so a- it's like these neighbors. They got involved. Now, guess what they're doing? They're driving to the Sunday gathering. They're involved in serving. They're giving of their resources. They're inviting people in on, around the streets to join in. And so now we're going to have another house church coming out of this. Someone who nine months ago wasn't even involved in a local gathering of people. At all, yeah. yeah that's and amazing. So, yeah, that's just God's that's that's the plan on repeat. Yeah, yep. and, and that's just what we see in Scripture, Acts 2. We see it. And I think we need not make it more difficult and complex and just love people and then just let God work through us. It really is simple. You just, if you're trying to overanalyze it, just, just show up, 
just show up. Just show up. I love that. That's 95% of it. It really is. It's relevant. Yeah. (laughs) Is there, there are more church projects Mm -hmm. that have been planted. Right. And I guess what, fathered by church project, however you want to say, I don't know, out of uh, Southern California, Mm -hmm. but also Colorado, any other states? We just have North County and then we have overseas. So Haiti, there's seven in Haiti and then Malawi. One of the biggest things that turned me on to Church Project, what, 12 years ago, was from a sales standpoint, sometimes you think you're just having a pastor up there just selling, you know, he's just selling the easiest thing in the world to sell, right? But the the humility of what Jason and everybody at that church started by saying, we're going to take 50% of our budget Mm -hmm. and work our church off of it, and then we're going to give the other half. To me, that was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And I'd never experienced anything like that. And to actually watch it play out and see what was coming from it, I was like, I, I want more of this. Yeah. I, I need to see what this is about. So for, for me, that was very encouraging to see what he was doing and what y'all are doing there. It's hard to do. So your faith gets tested, right? And it's hard to continue to like hear the voice of God and obey when you know all these other things you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you feel God's compelling you to do, and so you just have to trust God's timing. But yes, amazing. I'd never, I'd never heard of that. I've known Jason since 2013, so we've been talking about life and church and what God's doing for a long time. And I, you know, coming over to work alongside and do what we're doing now has been has been a gift. But yeah, faith and action, and what does that look like for each of us? Hmm. you know, as followers of Jesus. Because it's different. Yeah. yeah. yeah I different. love it. You said, my feelings and thoughts will always change, but God's word never does. And it is so true. It is the rock and the foundation. And I'm so glad. <laughs> I am so glad. So during the time of the inaugura- inauguration, I had the first panic attack of my life. I've never, makes me cry just thinking about it. I've never not been able to breathe mm. and the only thing I could do was breathe because that's what I've been trained to do in teaching yoga. You know, teach breathing exercises, how to regulate your body. And I realized in that moment that I was putting my hope and my faith into a man to turn things around. And it caught me in a lot of trouble. And it really messed me up for a while. And I lost a lot of my hair. It was really, really... There was, was other things that we had surgeries too about the hair, by the way. We've done a whole episode on that. <laughs> Y'all are tired of hearing about my hair. But anyway, no, God's word is the foundation. I realized in that moment I had to stop and it'd be like, okay, hold on a second. I've got to go back to the foundations and get into community, get off of social media that's causing so much confusion and just, you know, Anxiety just bobbling us around. Yeah. And get into community and thank you. And how can I help and serve others? And you said, you said on Sunday too, that how you treat others or serve others is the one thing that you can do to be a blessing. I heard a guy say it's the most spiritual thing. It's the most mm. spiritual, spiritual thing, thing you, you can, can do. do. Well, we've talked about this the past couple of weeks. Trey and I have adopted a young mom. She's 24 and she has three curls. She's a single mom. And we just got her moved into a new apartment. Andrew and another guy, Chase, who's in his house church, help us like get all this worked out and arranged. And some people it. in the church that Andrew knew from his house church helped us fill it with furniture. I think everybody should do something for work for the community because suddenly all the things that you have in your Amazon cart do not matter. All the little things that you want for your car or this or that, it's like it puts things into so much perspective. I know. And it just, it makes you a better person for sure. 
you should be a, an advertisement for the ministry of city missions because I that's my biggest I think and most compelling thing is hey God wants you to serve and then he's going to do something in you that you did was so unexpected yeah. right and it's like Jesus said it's better to give than receive yeah. and when we're out serving and giving of our time or talent or treasure whatever it is that we're seeing a harvest of those truths coming back in and I think it's actually just another part of our Imago day where we are experiencing a little bit of that image of God in us because God has given everything. Paul said, what do we have that we haven't received in first Corinthians four, seven? Like I've received everything I'm breathing because God's let me borrow his air. He's making my lungs come expand and contract. All of that's God's. So for me to act as if I'm something special and I've done something on my own, what arrogance is that? <laughs> yeah. Because it's all been given to me. So to give it back is just worship, as Romans 12. Now, offer your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Mm. It gave me another another purpose for keeping my body healthy, too, because when we were moving all that furniture, I was like, (laughs) I was picking, well, I had to go get my kids, and so it was like during the day, and we had only a little bit of time, and and Kaylee and I were getting on there, and we were picking it up like it was no big, she was running on straight adrenaline, and I was just running on the Holy Spirit, and it was like, we were just loading that stuff in the house, it was amazing. Somebody said to me, but having the strength to be able to do that in a Mm. strong back and body, I was like, yes! Because I also like working out anyway. But somebody said to me, wow, she's really lucky to have you. And I I looked at him and I go, I'm the lucky one. Mm. I said, I've been blessed to be able to do these things. How many people can be off on a Thursday? Or how many people can have the resources to be able Mm -hmm. to arrange the living, to arrange the furniture? And then, of course, you know, we've had to financially help too, just to get, you know, things going. We have the ability to do that. I'm the lucky one. Awesome. I'm the lucky one. And I found like God, when you're willing like that, and you kind of live, God will continue to let things pass through your hands yeah. because you're not going. You, yeah. That is a hard thing to, to grow yeah. in faith and trust that way. It's though. also a discipline. Right. And it's, I wouldn't say it's anything we struggle with. I think it's just something for us that it, it's new mm-hmm. for the serving side. I and mean, we've always served, we've always done things, but it's just, it seems like the older we get, the more we're able to do the internal, the spiritual reward that comes from it is greater. And that's what I appreciate. Growth. So, but, yeah, but it, growth. Gardener over there, he's growing <laughs> stuff. And what you put <laughs> in your body enables you to there you be go. strong. Yeah. I mean, you got to put good stuff good in stuff. there more often than not. <laughs> and I understand more now about, you know, our bodies are God's temple. We have to treat there it as go. such. And so, you know, watering it <laughs> <laughs> flourishes it. Eating the right foods flourishes it. It really brings it back to how simple it is from a gardening standpoint of your fruit is good, then your body's good and life is good. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly.
there are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com.